0: Oh, the Dallas Mavericks blow an opportunity in game six, but were there good and bad things to break down from it? Of course there are. <laughs> the
1: claw struck again. That's all I have to say. We'll break it all down on Lockdown Mavs.
0: I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown On Mavericks are or- He destroyed us. That's, that's what it is. He had a hell of a game. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and coordinator for the Locked On Podcast Network. And joining me, as always, my co host, contributor at Mavs.com, the Game 7 Sovereign Savior. The one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris?
1: Oh, man. Heartbreaker. I was so confident that the Mavericks would win this game, but you just have to tip your hat to to Kawhi Leonard. Uh, There's a lot of stuff that we'll talk about, some decisions by Rick Carlisle, some Luka Doncic uh, decisions, um, some lineup stuff, a lot of stuff. But the main storyline of this game was Kawhi Leonard, and Kawhi went nuclear.
0: Kawhi had one of the best like, playoff games that we've seen in a long time. Like, go back to, like, was this LeBron James against the Celtics? Like, remember that game? Like, remember that game? Like, it it felt like he had one of those type of games, which was wild, because he had three shots in the first quarter. It was Reggie Jackson going nuts in that first quarter. Uh, Reggie ended the first quarter with, what, 14 points. Kawhi had three shots. He only hit one of them in that. And then just the rest of the game, he went off. Second half. Listen to the second half by Kawhi. Twenty nine points, eleven of fourteen from the field, four of six from three, three of three from the free throw line. <laughs> Just absolutely wild. By the way, plus zero in those minutes in the second half. That's that's pretty fascinating. But well, Law yeah.
1: Law Murray, who was on this podcast, uh was it last week? Or I guess two weeks ago. Yeah, from the athletic. Uh, yeah, from the athletic. Great uh follow for Clippers coverage. Talk- he tweeted out tonight about the Kawhi Wrath. And from the seven oh three mark of the second quarter, <laughs> Kawhi, Kawhi scored 42 of the 68 points for the Clippers, went 17 of 22, 5 of 8 from 3, 3 of 3 from the free throw line. It was a plus 13. Like, what Kawhi did tonight, you know, Rick joked after the game, he said, come game 7, we're just going to have to throw the kitchen sink at him because they've literally done all the options as far as, like, man, like personal man coverage on him, like, we know Maxie started off on him. He torched him. Then they're like, "All right, we're gonna switch it up." Then they, you know, did the zone. Then it was like Dorian. Now he's figured Dorian. out. he's torched Dorian. Like when you have a player as good as Kawhi at this point, like you just don't have the personnel. Like we know that. The thing that bothered me with it was, and the thing that was driving me nuts was. Blitz him like when he is in the zone like that, at least like due to him, what the Clippers were doing to Luca tonight and blitz him, bring that second defender and dare a Nick Batum, dare a Marcus Morris. There's someone else to shoot the basketball. That's what that was driving me nuts now, because Kawhi, especially when Kawhi was getting the switch with Luca, and then Luka was just on an island. I don't think Luca played like super bad defense on it's not like he was just getting embarrassed. Hand right in the face. I mean, yeah. what else are you supposed to do besides foul the guy? Yeah, it was just like, I, I we we're almost, it was almost unfair to Luca in that moment, too, of just saying, like, just bring the double when a guy's in a zone like that. We're talking, not to bring up the same point again, but we said before this series, what was the one, like, what was the pathway for the Clippers to win this series? And is it if Kawhi Leonard established, reestablished himself as a top three player in the league? And right now, after this series, yeah. After this game, he could be number one in the league. Like it's him, Durant. Like I mean, I yes, guess Jokic, Jokic Luca. I mean, these are the best players in the playoffs right now. But right now, after seeing this game in person tonight, like I did against against Kawhi Leonard, there's nobody I'm taking over Kawhi Leonard right now in the NBA.
0: It's wild, man. He has these. He's these, he has these swings because last game it didn't, didn't look like he was anywhere close. I mean, what did he shoot like thirty something percent? It was just. It's wild to see some of these swings, but when he's locked in like this and when he's in and when he's on, whoo man, he is he is something else. Because he, he can like the wildest thing to me was that Like Kawhi, we talk a lot about Dorian and how Dorian, you know, couldn't really shoot the three when he came into the league. And now, like there was a a three in the second quarter, I think he hit. And I was like, "Dang, how fast did he shoot that ball?" Like it just, they flipped it over to him in the corner. A guy was coming at him, and he just, as soon as he caught it, he was ready and hit the three. Like Kawhi Leonard on his rookie year, how many points did he average?
1: Oh gosh, I don't know.
0: Seven point nine. You know who averaged seven point nine as a rookie this year? Isaiah Stewart, (laughs) you know who else averaged 7.9? Tyrese Maxey, 8, but close enough. Uh, Imagine Tyrese Maxey, like, five years from now, is dropping, like, 40-point games in the playoffs. Or you know who else averaged that close to that? Poku. Poku averaged 8.2 points. A game in the, as a rookie. Imagine like nine in nine years, Poku is like the best player in the NBA. It's wild the way that Kawhi oh, has. Pause. I just had to think about his career, you know, fully and and just and just appreciate it, right? Like sometimes, like you just have to tip your hat to the other guy. Yeah. The Mavericks could have sent more doubles. They could have tried, but they could have tried something else. But man, it's just he was just on the next level. Getting to his spots, he's strong. He can hit shots with hands in his face, and it was just a next level performance and. Honestly, I was a little encouraged because if he has to have that type of game, shot 72% from the field, 5 of 9 from 3, like if he had to do that on all jumpers to yeah. beat this Mavericks team, then I don't know, like I'm feeling good about, about game 7, but hey, yeah, Kawhi, man, just absolutely wild.
1: He took, you know, he took Luka from the opening tip, you know, as soon as yeah. the Mavericks won that tip and uh Luka got the ball and you know Kawhi was standing there at half court is like, "All right, Kawhi's is going to take him from the from the opening tip here. This is going to be a fun long night. I I I do want to say this. I've seen some people doing the whole like Kawhi guarded Luca the whole game and he put up forty five. Like this was a he locked down Luca and all this stuff. He did exert a lot of energy into guarding Luca and that deserves a lot of credit for the very end of saying. And Rick Carlisle gave him the same credit. He's like I like the fact that he could score like he did at the end of the game while giving up so much energy defensively was so dang impressive. But they blitzed the heck out of Luka Doncic tonight. They brought doubles on him and everything. This wasn't a – I'll push back just a little bit on that and saying like, this wasn't just a ISO one-on-one defensive matchup all night and Kawhi held Luka to, you know, whatever. Luka finished with 29, but he had, you know, what, eight of those in the final – yeah, eight
0: seconds. It's like, seven points in the final fifty one
1: seconds. Like, just geez. garbage time like layups They're basically giving up. He had he had a nice three there at the end, but yeah. I mean, it was a kind of a quieter night for Luca. And it wasn't just a Kawhi locked him down all night it, That it was a right. team effort type thing against Luca.
0: Yeah, absolutely, uh, and the the Clippers forced the other guys to try and beat him, and nobody else really did, like Tim Hardaway, we were excited, and Tim Hardaway Sr. was in the crowd, and Hardaway had another like 20-point game, finished with 23, but it's not like he was next level in the way that the Mavericks need him, especially if KP's going to be the way that he is in this series, it's just, it's now just decided, right, this is the way KP's going to be in this series, He's not he's not necessarily going to be a factor offensively. And so, and Brunson, not really either. Brunson, what do he finish with? Seven. He played fifteen minutes, a little bit longer than last game. But that's those are the <laughs> only like three. Like, there's only four offensive players on this Mavericks team now. Because in the playoffs, it just comes down to, you know, th- those are just all the only guys you have. The Clippers only have a couple guys too. Uh, and Reggie Jackson was the difference maker. Besides, you know, I was gonna between, say, I want, besides Kawhi, but
1: yeah, I want to talk about some more Clippers for a second. Reggie Jackson. I thought saved their season in the first quarter because, you know, Kawhi had this insane night tonight and we, I gave the law Murray stat a little bit ago about the seven minute mark in the second on because Kawhi just didn't have a great first quarter. You know, he only took a handful of shots and Paul George didn't have the best first quarter either. And you're like, Let's he didn't go. have a
0: good game. I don't think Like he scored. I didn't think either. Like, no. He was six of 15, but he had five turnovers and I felt like every single one of his turnovers were momentum changers for the Mavs. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Missed four free throws. He did have 13 rebounds in this game, but I mean, he played 40, almost 46 minutes tonight, Paul George, Yeah, uh, which was expected. I mean, an elimination game from them, yeah. but Reggie Jackson hitting the chassis. I mean, they were, they were daring Reggie Jackson, the, you know, to shoot. And he did tonight. I mean, he had 25 points in this game. He outscored Paul George. And I thought what he gave, you know, the Clippers in the first quarter, he, he kept them afloat basically when, you know, if he didn't hit some of those shots, I mean, Dallas could have really, the crowd was, the crowd was, was great tonight. They never had, we didn't have a moment like game three to where it was like this huge run, you know, and to where the, there was a few moments where the crowd was awesome. And I think we had some momentum going in the third, whenever uh, that controversial timeout was called uh, that, you know, people are still talking about it, but still, I thought Reggie Jackson deserved uh, some credit because, yeah, he kept them afloat in the first quarter. Yeah, he was kind of like their X-Factor. They had to have
0: somebody step up. The Luke Mavs had. Luke Kennard! Coming up, let's get into Luke Kennard minutes because it did not make any sense. I don't know what happened, <laughs> but we'll, we'll break it down. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into uh, the rest of this game. Obviously, I didn't say the score, but the Ma- Dallas Mavericks lose 97-104. to 104. Mavericks will play Game 7 on Sunday. It is a... What they call a brunch game, uh, for the Clippers at least, it's two 2.30 Central Time, so Texas Time, that makes it noon 30 Pacific Time, which the Clippers are notoriously this season, notoriously bad during these early games. And it's really weird that this game seven is going to be played on in Sunday afternoon. Like, just really it's like weird overall. Thirty-seven
1: from hours from now, so from where we're, we're yeah. recording this, almost one o'clock in the morning on Saturday. So,
0: yeah, it's strange. It's so insane. Yeah. So yeah, that that is weird. But hey, it is what it is. <laughs> That's the schedule. Uh, yeah, like we talked about Kawhi. We talked about Reggie Jackson. He was he was a really big factor. Playing Luke Kennard, like we were talking on locker room about the changes that Ty Luke could make, and even on the yes on yesterday's podcast about the changes he could make. And I made the point he's running out of players. He's running out of players. He can throw in to try and change it. Their roster just doesn't have enough, you know, guys that bring a different look. And I, apparently Luke Kennard was that guy.
1: Well, what he did was he looked at it and said, okay, well, when Luke is off the floor, Luke is the only guy. And this is one of the biggest problems with Mavericks right now is Luke is the only guy who takes advantage of a mismatch, you yeah. know, on the whole roster for Dallas. And, and when so when Luca's off the floor, wh- wh- what can I do now? Like, can I get some of my guys some rest? And that's when Zubots played, and that's when yep. Kennard played. I mean, Zubots yep. only played five minutes in this game, but it's like he kind of matched those minutes. There are a few, like a minute or two that overlap with Kennard and Luca, and, and Luca tried to get the switch that they just could never. Kawhi was just staying on him pretty good. But that's what he was doing. It's like, let's bring Kennard, let's bring Zubots in when Luca's off the floor. Take some of my guys off, give them a little breather when Luca's off. And then it, it's like, I felt like, I honestly felt like Kennard got the better minutes over Brunson because they were guarding each other. And it's like, you could tell Brunson was trying to like, he thought it was he a mismatch, tried, but it just wasn't. And Kennard like held his ground against Brunson.
0: There was that uh, one possession where he tried to drive at him on the right wing and he ISO, he ISOed on him and then tried to try, was trying to drive and he like tried to shake him and he lost his dribble. And then Kennard got on the ball and then it was a jump, was a jump ball or it was a Clippers turnover. And he just overthought it. Like you could just tell that Brunson was overthinking. Okay, this is yeah. a mismatch. I have to go take advantage of it. And he tried just too hard on that. And so, yeah, the Mavericks. That's a good point that they only have one guy to take to take a mismatch. And the Clippers have two.
1: Yeah, yeah, and
0: that or three if you want to count a guard that can shoot when a big gets switched onto him, like Boban or you know, like Porzingis. Like Reg Jackson was hitting some of those threes in that zone while Boban and Porzingis and them were trying to catch up to him.
1: Yeah, and that's, I mean, you look at the minute distribution for the for the Clippers tonight. It's like Kawhi played 42 minutes, mm-hmm. Marcus Morris 41, Paul George 46. I mean, these are big-time minutes, and, you know, Rondo only played 10. Terrence Mann, only 10. Pat Beverly, ha, Pat, man.
0: What a, What is, str- I've been thinking about this all game, is that when Luke Kennard stepped in the game and played actual minutes, I was like, How wild is it that Patrick Beverly is the guy that he's getting? He's the one that completely can't play in this game. And Luke Kennard is apparently.
1: And Pat Beverly talks so much smack. I know I tweeted this, but (laughs) after the end of the first quarter buzzer, Luca is like talking to Kenny Maurer and Beverly comes over and doesn't even try to talk to Maurer. He tried. He's literally like in Luca's face. I'm like, bro, you, you can't even play in the game, like in this series anymore because of Luca. So what are you do-
0: like? Yeah, like isn't your trash uh, talk invalid at that point? Like, wouldn't it just seem sad if you're a player and you just see that guy who you played if off? If I'm Luke, I would
1: just be like, bro, get in the game.
0: Like, yeah, right. Like, <laughs>
1: you can talk your smack if you actually get minutes. Like, a second in this game, anyway. I would
0: just look at him and say, "Play first, play, yeah, play first before you talk. Like, <laughs> do as I play, not as I say." <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. So we we kind of broke down the Clippers. That that was their their change, I guess, was Kawhi going nuclear. Yeah. That was kind of the only thing they did. They stuck with the small lineup. Again, like you mentioned, they played Zubots only when Luka was off the floor. They, uh, they took advantage of... like uh, Last game, the Clippers missed their early shots when the Mavericks went zone. And that's the key to breaking a zone is to hit your open jumpers because you're yeah. going to get some. If you swing the ball around enough, you're going to get open jumpers. And Reggie Jackson was the one that came in and hit those jumpers <laughs> yeah. in, in this game. He did.
1: If we, let's zoom out just for like thirty seconds and try to take Mavericks hat, Mavericks fandom. Anybody's listening, try to take that off just for a second and put it aside. From a bird's eye view, the series is incredible. Like, yeah, it's the, fun. The coaching stuff is just like going back and forth. Like one one game, one coach severely outcoaches the other. The then they flip flop in the next game, and then you have this matchup of superstars of Luca versus Kawhi that they're both just like otherworldly in the series of whoever wins is best player in the, in the NBA, right? And it's like, everybody's (laughs) going back and forth. It's like tonight it's Kawhi's the best player. The other night is Luka Dodgers, the best player. Like this is the, it's mind boggling type of series. Like you could honest, and then take the whole storyline of like away teams, like winning every single game. You honestly could do a whole 30 for 30 on this series. Like it's that incredible of a series. Even though it's like very frustrating for a Maz fans because we're getting super hyped up. But let's put Mavs hat <laughs> back on, Maz, fandom back, Maz on, fandom back on. And now let's torch some of these decisions uh, that happened tonight. <laughs> All
0: right. I want to start with Porzingis because you, you tweeted after the game uh, a, a very snarky type tweet about Porzingis not being the problem in this game. And I, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to agree with you that Porzingis was not the problem in this game. I thought he played decent defense in this game, he had some pretty good yeah. moments. He, uh, he made a three. He had that dunk early. Uh, I, It's done with him. He's not, he, in this series at least, maybe in the next one if they make it, if they win yep. game seven, like he's not going to be a factor offensively in this series. The, the conversation is over. I think it was over after game four probably, right? Like, yeah. It was just done. He's not going to be a factor. It's just the way that the game plan is. It's a way that, that there's no, I don't want to hear any more people saying, well, why don't they get him more involved? I had this guy over no. and over tonight, every tweet I sent. It was like Luca just looked off looked off KP. Yeah, man. He looked him yeah. off. He's been terrible. He's not been good offensively. He's not hitting shots. And he's not he can't create any offense himself. You give him the ball anywhere outside of, I don't know, what, ten feet? From the basket, or any time that he's guarded at all around the three-point line, any time that, okay, he has to be 10 feet to the basket, or he needs to be, have people 10 feet away from him if he's going to be on the three-point line, right? Like, yeah. that's that's it with Porzingis. So, he's he was not the, the problem in this game. The way the Mavericks are going to beat this Clippers team is if Luca goes off, which he has, right? And if somebody else hits some threes, <laughs> right? Like, Tim Hardaway has to hit more than four threes. It's just the way that it has to be. Dorian, he hit three in this game, but he, he had to hit more. Then somebody else has to to factor it all. Maxi has to hit some shots. Maxi was so hesitant with his three-point shots. He mm-hmm. he passed up a couple of shots in this game that were not – He doesn't me, look right. I, I don't want to – He like, doesn't, no. He
1: just – I mean, but he's
0: – I'm just saying the status of him. He's, he's, he's not – taking shots. And so his confidence, whether it's because of an injury or because, you know, just confidence in general, something else, uh, his confidence shot because he tried to guard Kawhi and then he got benched and yep. barely played in the last couple of games. It could be any one of those things, but just overall he, he wasn't in it. And the Mavericks would love him to have like a, f- a five, three point game, you know, or something like that. He's not Richardson has been out of this series since like the beginning. So they're just running out of these offensive players, like left and right. And, I can hear people in my head going, it's because Luka handles the ball so much and he doesn't pass it around. And this Clippers team also just has swarming wing defenders that can just defend everybody. Porzingis has struggled all season with wing defenders, like Derek Jones Jr., right? He's, yeah. If he struggled with them, he's going to struggle with Kawhi. The only play the Mavericks ran for Porzingis in this game was a post-up when Ka- when Kawhi switched on to him. What was it? Right after the... Was it right after the... Uh,
1: was it right after halftime? I don't know when it was, but any post up against Kawhi, I'm not really a fan of. It was I, I was just so
0: flabbergasted by it. And so that was the only play that ran for him. Obviously he missed the shot. And yeah, that that's the way it's gonna be in this series. Bobon maybe can factor in a little bit. He did tonight, mm. twelve points in this game. Like that pick and roll action is gonna work with him, but he was also five of thirteen from the field. So that that's not a very efficient Boban me, type night. Let now, me do
1: my Boban thing.
0: Some of the some of those shots are because he's trying to put backs and he got like four offensive rebounds. I think they're all in the same play, and so then that's like three shots. But yeah, so that's where the Mavericks are offensively. It's somebody else. It has to be Tim, basically, right? Yeah. It has to be Tim to go off for more than 23. It's kind of just the way it is now. If Luca's not going to get 40,
1: Yes, I'm trying to figure out where I want to start. Let coming
0: do- up, let's get into let's get into Boban. You want to yeah. talk about Boban a little bit. We got to talk. I've done I've done the Porzingis offense thing. So now we'll get into some more of what the Mavericks did wrong. What happened that timeout in the fourth quarter that everyone's talking about right now that seemed to change the entire momentum of the game. We'll get into that coming up. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into the rest of this game. So you wanted to talk about Boban. Let's do that before we get into the timeout and all that.
1: Okay. I do want to give my two cents on KP. Do you want me to do it now or later? Oh yeah, go ahead. Well, the KP thing, since I definitely tweeted, and some fans are really uh, having fun with it right now. But <laughs> I just don't think tonight's on him. I I think it's like what Nick said. This conversation's over with KP, of as far as like forcing it, of trying to get for him this
0: series or for this for the playoffs or for, for this for this series career for this series. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: The conversation is just over. There is no, we're not running the plays for KP. That's just not happening. And this, we know this, especially because Rick Carla talked about it after the game. He's like, we're, KP was asked about it after the game. He said, this is the role I'm being asked of right now. I'm asked to stand in the corner in the space. He's like, I'm willing to do whatever I can to help this team win. Rick Carla acknowledged that after the game too, saying, hey, he's been the ultimate pro about this. This is what we're asking him to do because this is what we feel like is best for the team right now. So this is his role. And now there's a bigger picture of, hey, he's he's been bad enough to where they make this, his role <laughs> because he doesn't have the, but as far as what his, his play tonight and the role that he played tonight, that's why I just can't blame him because all they're asking him to do is to stand in the corner and, you know, try to space the floor. I thought he rotated well tonight. Yeah. He had some deflection, especially in the fourth. Yeah. He had a great deflection there. So that's why I, I can't put this all on KP. He
0: had five whole rebounds. His rebound <laughs> drives hole. me insane. Absolutely. Yes. Like, there yeah, were was a couple of like, dunks that were fun. He did. I he he had a play, I think it was in the fourth quarter, where he went up for a he went up for it was an alley oop or a dunk. It was I think it was an alley oop where he goes up for it, he misses it on the way up, and on the way down, he's already complaining. His hands are already up like this, trying to complain. Yeah. And he could have just got the rebound right now. So he did, far, he did so get pushed
1: mad. in the back by Marcus Morris on that, but it kinda like took him out of the whole How, play. Are are we gonna talk about the refs at some point? How have we gone this long without talking about this game? That Boban Marcus Morris one was one of the worst calls I've ever seen in my life. Marcus Morris is literally holding his left (laughs) arm. Like, hooked his left arm and holding it. And then, like, to see the whole Bench's reaction and, like, everybody of, like, when he pointed the other way, it's like, whoa. It's like, wait, it was on... And when Boban, I mean Boban, literally just set the ball right on the floor in front of the ref, and was like, "I'm done with this crap." And what, what can I even do? I was this, I was so shocked on that play. But let's talk about Boban. I love Boban, love it every bit about this human being. Yep. But it's it's reaching points where it's a little gimmicky for me. It's where, like, yeah, he had 12 points, but it's this is the bait. Like Ty Lewis is putting a, an amazing nightcrawler on the hook with sinkers stuff and casting it out there and saying, All right, please take the bait. This is what they want. They want us to just, hey, let's just dump it down to to Bobon and just to try I mean it just it was some of us that were sitting together at the game were like, no, no, it's just, it took them all out of their offense. There was no movement, nothing. It's like, no. oh, okay, cool. Bobon has the mismatch down, down beneath. And it's like, yeah, but he missed eight shots tonight. And like, Bobon's not taking threes. Shocking, you know, breaking news right now. No. All of his shots are, you know, near the basket. So it's, it's kind of this, this bait and hook type thing to where, I feel like they're just trying to like this is what they want, right? It's like it's the whole Zubots conversation for us of saying, "Hey, let's go small. Let's dare them to put Zubots on the floor to take advantage of our small lineup, and then we'll live with Zubots post ups." And that's what they're doing. They're like saying, "Hey, we'll live with with Boban post ups right now." I mean, Nick has the shot chart on the screen right now. If you're watching, on one YouTube. of them are
0: out is outside of the paint, and it's literally like the right block.
1: <laughs> yeah. So it's just. I love Boban. I just, I never thought that this was the answer yet. Yeah, like, I mean, he was a, he was a minus in, in game five and they won. I still don't think it's the answer. I still think they should go small and I'm hoping that they go small. I was, I was shocked that he started tonight. Um, I mean, he was a plus five in this game, so I'm not putting it all on Boban. I just don't think it's working.
0: Well why don't they go small? I mean, we've talked about I feel like we talked about this before, but they're running out of players. They're running out of offensive players that they can trust yeah. in this game. Richardson makes the weirdest decisions sometimes and it may just be like yeah. his his confidence or whatever, but he just makes weird decisions and takes weird shots and comes in and wants to get his buckets which who knows. He's going to be a free agent like there's so many so many factors going into it. He wants to gain his starting spot back. You know who would really help in this series is it's <laughs> JJ Redick. JJ Reddick would be amazing in the series right now. Uh but yeah, and then Nicolo Melli can't play anymore. And then you have three rookies taking up roster spots that can't play anymore. Like they're just running out of players that
1: Will, Willie played 18 minutes. He's a minus 13 this game. I thought he struggled.
0: He lot. was he really was, was brutal in this game. There was a really bad stretch he was in. And speaking of Willie minutes, let's get into it. So on the floor for the Mavericks was uh it was it was Luca, it was Dorian. Tim Hardaway Jr., Maxi, and Willie Colley-Stein in the fourth quarter. The Mavericks had a lead. They were going back and forth. It was tied, and then the Mavericks had a lead. The momentum was kind of going towards the Mavericks. Seven minutes and 17 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Carlisle's about to take a timeout, and Luca looks like the camera is right on him. It was like the perfect director's decision to put the camera on Luca. I tweeted out a GIF of it. Uh, and he's like, no, wait, we're taking a timeout. No. Uh, and then he looks over at the bench and he's just like, are you kidding me with this? And I, I tweeted it out with the caption, you know, when your drunk friend wants to do something really stupid, because it just seemed like that's exactly what his face was saying. And th- so they take it, they take a timeout there and then the Mavericks have their worst stretch of the game, in my opinion. Besides when Kawhi just went crazy at the end and and made it a 10-point game. But the worst stretch for the Mavericks was that seven minutes to five minutes in the fourth quarter where, and it wasn't that much. It was like the Clippers scored five points in that stretch, but it just took all the air out of the Mavericks. It just seemed to take everything out. Mavericks got a few shots, but they missed them. And then after that, the Mavericks took another timeout after that and decided to put, uh, KP in for Willie Colley Stein after that. And so after the game, Kevin Gray asked, uh, he asked Rick Carlisle about it. Great question
1: by Kevin Gray.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Do we want to actually, hold on, go ahead and talk about this real quick while I try and pull up, because I want to actually play Well, the yeah,
1: so in the arena, you know, they go up there and it's like, you know, I, I was mentioning earlier that we didn't have a, a game three type of run like they had the first quarter in game three, that the place was just going nuts. And there was a few moments tonight where the place is going nuts, but... They had some momentum. The place, the arena, was rocking some. They they went up by seven. You're like, all right, they got the momentum. And when Rick stepped out on the floor and called the timeout, Luca said, and I didn't, you know, I'm obviously not watching the game broadcast, and I'm looking at Luca on the floor, and Luca just puts his hands on his knees, like what? And he's like (laughs) looking at the bench and. It was a moment. It's like, whoa, why Why did the timeout happen? So when Kevin asked this question, he was very specific about the question, as you'll see in this clip. I was fascinated as he's asking it. I'm like listening to Kevin, but also thinking, oh, man, Rick might get upset about this because Rick doesn't always like specific questions about the games and like decisions in the games and stuff. But I thought Rick answered it in a way that was telling.
0: Kevin Gray, 105 through the fan. Rick, uh, after getting at turnover with Reggie Jackson at the seven seventeen mark and Tim Hardaway getting the and one there, what was kind of the thinking with some of the, the timeout that was called and some of the sequence before and after uh, once that timeout was
1: called at that juncture of the game? Yeah, our automatic timeout was going to be coming within a few seconds. Uh, we had a couple guys that had been in that were getting very winded. Um, the mandatories are three and a half minutes. I thought it was a good time for us to, to regather. Uh, we had guys playing big minutes. Um, the irony is, you know, we came out of that timeout with a bad possession and the Clippers called a timeout, you know, in their front court. Um, and they, and they turned it over. Um, and so it certainly, uh, you know, wasn't perfect. Um, uh, but you asked the th- what the thinking was that timeout was going to come, um, Likely on the next whistle, anyway. Um, and I felt it was a good chance for us to catch our breath there.
0: I love doing this. I love thinking about the psychology of all of it. Rick Carlisle knew he was going to get asked this question. He knew immediately. Yeah. He knew that this was going to be a question because he answered it. And he doesn't always answer questions like Isaac said. He doesn't answer specific questions like this. He knew this was going to be a question. He had an answer ready, and so I found that so fascinating. He made this decision. Uh, To to answer that question the way they did so directly too. sometimes he'll just play it off and say, oh, I got to go watch the tape and see what happened after that. He does that so many times. How many times does he say I just have to go watch the tape, you know? And so this shows you
1: that that was a conversation like he knew it it was probably in the moment like him and Luca probably had a conversation. about It shows that it was probably discussed after the game, too, as far as like it just shows you that there was prep going into that, that he answered so directly and so quickly. Absolutely. So a timeout was going to come anyway. It's
0: kind of the weird thing about this is that, you know, when I I tweeted it out, it was before he had answered this question. I said, it's fascinating. It's a butterfly effect to see what if he didn't call that timeout. The Mavericks got some momentum and they took a five-point lead instead of the Clippers. But that stoppage was going to happen anyway. He just decided to do it before you only get a certain amount of timeouts you could take into the last two minutes, the last couple of minutes there. And so he had, he he was going to, a stoppage was going to happen anyway. And the winded player was Willie, right? Because that's the one he took out after the yeah. timeout. Like that's the one he decided to take out. So he takes him out. And then uh yeah, that was just a fascinating, fascinating whole turn of events that happened. And it seemed like it was inevitable. But what what do you think made Luca so against taking a timeout? Do you think it was just momentum? Do you think he yeah. was like, We we have him here, but it was just the feeling of the game?
1: Because normally, you know, like timeouts like that happen. You know, after a big made basket, after you know a couple of baskets in a row by the team, it's what it's like. They got that turnover, and it's like, bam, timeout. And I think he he smelled blood in the water. Probably he's like, man, yeah. this is our time. Like this, we got to take it because they hadn't had a huge run in this game, and he was just ready to inbound the ball and, and go. And I, I think, and this is a conversation. You know, we're, we're at the end of this pod, but this is a conversation too that not a lot of people's having in t- you know, tonight. Of Luca looked gassed. Like Luca yep. has to get in better. You were shape there. At, you were in the arena. Level. It's different yeah. when you can see him in person. Like he, he looked gassed at times and it wasn't just a fourth quarter thing. It was, it felt like it happened earlier in the game, but I don't think these fourth quarter numbers that Nick has been tweeting out and talking about on this podcast. <laughs> I don't think something. they're just a, Hey, that's, it's just a, a coincidence that these numbers are happening. I think it's showing that it is taking a lot of energy for Luca and, I just, I think it does catch up to him at the end of the games. And I didn't feel like he had that same. And this is beyond like Nick has him on the screen right now. I mean, and those 12 points tonight, they're kind of deceiving because, you know, the game, if you were watching the game, he was, they were just giving him some layups there and he had a nice three, but still it's just, Well, I had
0: three with four minutes to go and then he had seven points in the last minute. So in the last five minutes of the game, you know, when, when most of them were decided, he had 10 points, 10 of those 12 points.
1: And this is beyond, like, I don't, I'm not going to give him the whole, like, this is beyond the injury thing. Like, where yes. I'm talking about a conditioning type of thing. I know we've been having that whole conversation about Luca being the best player and all this stuff. This is, that's the next level for him. Like mm-hmm. There has to be some type of conditioning thing for him at some point in his career, and this might be a moment for him. If they lose this series, and he looks back on it, and he's gassed again in Game 7, which they're playing again in 36 hours, you know, if, and Jeez. it's really like something that we're noticing. This could be a moment for him that he looks at and be like all right I'm 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 great but to take me to that next level as far as the best player greatest player in the league then I have to get in a little bit better shape to where it's playoff time end of the season end of the game of these playoff games of these big time decider games I need to have be at the top of my game I mean you look at like look at the shape Kawhi Leonard's in I mean he plays this entire game tonight, and then he has this insane run in the fourth quarter after he's been playing defense. Like that's the type of shade that Lucas has got to get in at some point.
0: It's a maturity level you have to hit too. And JJ Redick talked about it at the beginning of this season when he had JJ Barea on, and he talked. They talked about it, that's the next step for him. It, this is the known thing for Luca, and yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see him take that to make that decision. Also, let's just not put it put aside that this season has been brutal. <laughs> for yeah. these guys. Like we're seeing injuries all over the place. The Lakers guys have been injured. You had Jamal Murray get hurt. You had Donovan Mitchell and Conley now with injuries. Like there's just so many guys left and right dealing with injuries. Uh, the Clippers were dealing with some things here and there, but by and large, they're a hundred percent, right? There's nobody on, the, on their team. that's really dealing with anything serious. So, uh, this is a healthy team and healthy teams like them, the Suns, when, even though they had Chris, their Chris Paul thing, these healthy teams are moving on, right? It just seems like that's the way that it goes. in some of these first round series, especially in the West, it's a bloodbath, man. But yeah, yeah Lucas is, is dealing with, with his conditioning for sure. Anything else? I, I, th- I feel like there's a couple of things we haven't hit in this game, but you won't hear from us again until after game seven. So man, uh, Oof, I'm just game seven is going gonna be huge, man. I love game sevens, but when your team is in it, it's a little different. Oh, yeah, one thing I did I did want to say about that Carlisle quote earlier. He mentioned that right after the Mavericks had a bad possession after that timeout, and then the Clippers gave it back. The Clippers gave the Mavericks so many gifts tonight. Right, it seemed like every time the Mavericks had a bad turnover, the Clippers also had one, and so this Clippers team. It's not like this is a dominating game and they just came in and won. Like this Clippers team was asking to lose this game a lot, I thought. And it was yeah. just for Kawhi. There's all the jokes on Twitter about people saying Clippers wanted to go one, two, three Cancun. And Kawhi was like, I'm not ready yet. I don't have my I got to renew my passport first before <laughs> before I go out there.
1: For sure. I mean, I we did the whole fill in the blank game on yesterday's yeah. pod and said, you know, the Mavericks win this game if. And my answer was, if the Clippers shoot lower than 36% from three. They hit 10 threes tonight. They shot 29% from three. So I yeah. uh, guess who was wrong. This guy, me. And it's like,
0: well, but the Mavericks were 11 of 34. They were only 32%. So like
1: the Mavericks had to get, be better on threes than the Clippers. And, and it just goes to show you like whatever you want to predict, like this series has been so weird. Whatever you want to predict about this series, you just, at this point, just throw it out the window because Teams are winning in different fashions from the best players and Kawhi and Luka at three-point percentages and free throws. I mean, you want to point to another
0: another factor that factored in this game? We talked about the refs and how it was just a weirdly officiated game. Both, like both sides were doing the, what is going on? Why is this a foul? Why isn't this a foul? Mavericks took 14 free throws tonight. And they only missed two of them, by the way. So Mavericks hitting their free throws. Clippers. 28 free throws. They took twice as many free throws as the Mavericks. And it's not like they were playing super fast. This was a slow, slow, slog it out game where neither team was really that efficient offensively until Kawhi took over. So to have twice as many free throws as the Mavericks, that is is pretty wild.
1: Yeah, I get that LA market.
0: The Mavericks weren't attacking as much, so they didn't have as many sure. opportunities. Yeah. But still, I mean, I, I still think that twice as many, like, <laughs> 14 more free throws than the other team, It was that was interesting to me. Yeah, Take it as you will. That's what I said on Twitter. Take, Take it, as, it you. As,
1: as you will. <laughs> but no, you know, we obviously go into a game seven on Sunday and I thought Rachel Nichols had a, a great question to Rick after the game of saying, you know, at this point, are there adjustments to be made? Or are you just throwing everything out and just saying, all right, just go play? And that's the, you know, Rick kind of pushed back a little bit and was like, well, I think, you know, who knows? There might be some adjustments here and there. But <laughs> I can just, save my job now. I can still <laughs> save my job. <laughs> it's just, this is, it feels like such a long series. We've seen so much, you know, game one was you know, zoo bots and all this, It's like this series is yet yeah, took, you know, it's a different chapter. Every game. You guys remember
0: when Nicolo Melli played in this series. Doesn't that seem like forever ago. When did
1: that happen? Like this is <laughs> two games. He played, you remember when Pat Beverly played in this series. Like, <laughs> and it's just like, it's, it's just crazy to see all the different turns that this series has taken. And now yeah. we, it sets up for this game seven to where, you know, will there be some crazy adjustment by Rick or any, or will they just roll out the same squads and say, let's do this again. And let's just see what happens. Will it be a Kawhi Luca duel? Will somebody else who will be, you know, the Reggie Jackson of that game? Will it be a Tim Hardaway? There's just, it's going to be fascinating. The lake. I mean, the Lakers, (laughs) uh, the Mavericks (laughs) have proved that they could, that they can win in LA. And we know that. So it's just gonna be a, a crazy, a crazy game seven at lunchtime. Going to game seven, baby. I don't have the drop, but game seven!
0: We'll talk to you guys after that. Peace out. Boom.
1: Look at Mike Leslie from WFAA. You guys were called for 21 fouls, 14 against LA. It seemed like that was a frustration for you and for the team as a whole throughout the night. Did that
0: Take you out of your game in any way, shape, or form, and how did you feel about the officiating? I don't want to talk about officiating, you know. Y'all, everybody saw the game, and that's it. Um, We lost. Move on to the next game.